And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. Oh my goodness, Today's Experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one, drawing closer to the King of Kings and glorifying his name. Now that's a great idea, folks. First, we'll take advantage of a significant principle that most people may not appreciate. As we whittle down through Job, we find out that his friends start to get fed up and lose it. Eliphaz responds to Job by starting to call him names. At this point, the connection between the four of them has disintegrated into an ugly church scenario. Oh, wow. Next, toxic relationships require a sense of wisdom. This is different from a difficult marriage or family issues. Those connections are blood. And Jesus was mocked by his own family but kept an open door. John 7, 4 through 5 states, You can't become famous if you hide like this. You can't do such wonderful things. If you can do them, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. So sometimes these family relationships require a little bit more effort, if you had not noticed. And finally, it's probably worth noting, though, that becoming a mature Christian occasionally requires silence or walking away. This happened with Jesus over 40 times with people. I know, everybody wants to win the arguments and the fights, but it seems somewhat foolish since there's only one true winner of every argument. Jesus gave no answer to Herod or Pilate and walked away from open interaction with people when the Pharisees sought his demise. Good references, John 12, 14 through 16. So sometimes we need to learn that it's time to say bye-bye. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, oh my, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite. 
All right. Talking to Dynamite D. Let me tell you what that's like. Listen, you're going to love this. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna send me a check for this one. Let's see. Ready? Talking to Dynamite D, that's like looking for a Bible verse and then finding it right away. That's lovely. Isn't that great? Sometimes I can take a long time. That's, I, you know, sometimes <laughs> I look for a verse and I'm like, I know it's there. I know it's And then there. I go over there and it's like, no, I know it's there. Then right. I go over there. Talking to Dynamite D, it's like finding it just like that. In your new study Bible. Yeah, in your new study. Ooh, nice. Very, very nice. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is maybe you've got a prayer request. Maybe. You've got a praise report. Maybe you got something on your mind. It's just something there you're hurting or something you just want to share or something you just want to bless people with or something you just need uh, need insight on. Whatever. Okay? Maybe you've got the perfect recipe for apple pie. I don't know. You're welcome to reach out to us if you do. You're welcome to touch base and connect with us if you've got something you want to share because this is your family. And you might as well start getting used to your family because you're going to be spending eternity with each other that's the big key right all right keeping it simple we'll make this a super easy one of the easiest ones there is how many books are there in the old testament straightforward how many it's a number there's not over a thousand so let's work on that one all right uh, if you think you know the answer you can call 972-445-0770 you can also text in 214 214- 210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. That's how many books are there in the Old Testament. So I did give Gary a little bit of a hard time on the wet thing. That was just a joke, though. I don't want anybody to get don't get serious. You'll know what I'm serious. Dum dum dum. Sure. Uh anyway, that's how many books are in the Old Testament? Uh somewhere between one and a trillion. Let me know what the answer is. 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase.org. So we're going to do something a little different, okay? We're going to be praying. So most of you people know that Deborah was doing really good and had some recovery, but she's had some relapses that have taken place. So I want to pray for Deborah for her physical healing. Plus, we always want to pray for Gary and his healing and some of the other people like Nola. And then uh, uh, sometime later in the show, I'm hoping to, and if I don't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. We want to pray for the upcoming Easter services from churches. Just praying that the churches just do the best they can to reach out and communicate and be soft in the Spirit so that they can be led by the Spirit. Not soft, but soft in the sense of sensitive and uh, and reach people with the gospel. But first, let's pray for Deborah who's having a little bit of a hard time, having a relapse. So let's pray for her and ask for grace for that situation. Father, we come before you right now. We love you. We love you, and we, we really do pray for the comfort for so many people that are hurting, Lord. We just we love our brother Gary and just ask you to bless him. Just give him great blood flow. He needs that. He needs a touch from you. And, Lord, Deborah's going through a, a tough setback right now, and I know she's not feeling good about it, and, and I understand that, Lord. And We don't understand everything that you allow and why you delay things and do things differently, but we do believe this that if we persistently seek you and pursue you and we ask for your favor and your grace, your favor and grace will emerge. And we seek your favor and grace in Deborah's life. We ask you just to heal her. We ask you to physically restore her, encourage her in her heart and mind, and bring about everything you need to for her and, and in her life. We pray that for Rosalind. We pray that for Ace. We pray that for all of our brothers and sisters who are hurting. You are Jehovah Rapha. 
That is your name. Be what your name is for these people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay? Okay. All right. So later on, we'll be praying for the other thing. We got to get into this Job thing. It's really, it's kind of bizarre, but we'll get to it. Uh, how many books are in the Old Testament? Uh, it's like people are like, well, I know the answer. Well, okay, then share it. If you know what the answer is, that's good. Not everybody knows the answer, which is important to understand. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the phone number. 214-210-8483 is the text. David at he must increase.org is the email. Here we are at Job chapter 15, verse 1. We're going to take a few little jumps and leaps every once in a while, but here, this is a classic. A classic. Job 15, 1. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, You are supposed to be a wise man, and yet you give us all this foolish talk. You are nothing but a windbag. It isn't right to speak so foolish, uh, foolishly. What good do such words do? Have you no fear of God, no reverence of him? Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. So I'm not going to go deep in this the way you think I am. I want to talk about this from a church perspective. <laughs> That's right. Because you read this, and don't you see what happened is they're replying to one another. They're engaging with one another. And guess what? That interaction ain't going good. It's not a rocket science. This is getting worse and worse. Now we're to the point where Eliphaz is going, you're a windbag, <laughs> right? You're a blowhard. You're just full, you know, it's, it's nonstop now, right? And why I want to take advantage of this is because this is what happens. Because they're responding back and forth, and nobody amongst the four of them, even though it's three on one, nobody's winning. I'm just I'm being nice about this. Nobody's actually winning this. Okay? This has moved into a whole nother place, hasn't it? It's a disintegration of relationship. The Bible says, well, as much as lieth in you, walk peacefully with all men. Yeah, what about when it doesn't lie within you anymore? <laughs> so there's, there's a real serious answer. You need to forgive. You need to be full of grace. But not every person is your best friend. So let's, I mean, let's have a little bit of a of a common sense going on here and and now it's at name calling and it's an interesting process because the relationship has disintegrated and before we get into this place for name calling we need to have more wisdom to go okay that's enough i know you're thinking oh well you know the, you got to you got to you got to win that argument okay well you know already that's not true Jesus didn't live his life like that. We're going to cover that uh, a little bit later. Here's what I want you to catch. Sometimes when it gets so toxic, you got to go, it breaks. You just got to stop. And you think, well, you, you can't find that scripturally. I can find that starting in Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation 22. When when Adam and Eve created to to toxic elements in the relationship with God, God kicked them out of the garden. Out, get out. <laughs> get out, out, see ya. Don't tell me. So there's, you know, they, those people were not allowed in the garden anymore. Why? Because they became toxic. That's enough. That doesn't mean God didn't talk to them. He just didn't let them in the garden. 
You get that difference? The garden's that special place that God made. They were toxic. They were dropping tar wherever they were going. Out, out, get out. You're ruining my plants. Get out of here. Right? And so there's somebody who's like, well, I just want to be able to do that all the time. You can't just do that all the time. That would make you a monk. And Jesus was not into monkism. Just I'll tell you how. Because you can't spread the gospel if you're a monk. I'm just being, I'm just being practical here. But there is this time where you got to go, stop. So I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to be very careful. I'm not using any names. But somebody had wrote me an email. And it was not a favorable email. It was... It was not a it was polite. You know, I don't I don't think some of the references maybe should have been used, but that's okay. So I could re-engage with that and reply back. Now, do you know how much material I could start dropping on? I mean, come on. Right? You know what I wrote? You know what I wrote? The Lord bless you in your journey. The Lord guide you as you move forward in him. May his face shine upon you and may you find favor in everything you do with him. Take care. Why? I'm done. Done. Why? Because that's all I was. All, I'm not required to do anything. I will love that person. I'll pray for that person. I will bless that person. That person's not coming into my personal garden, so to speak. I mean, come on. So it's crazy. Sometimes that's the best answer. Love you. I have great people in my life, but some of them are better at a distance. Oh, I know. You're not supposed to say you're that. You're great over there. <laughs> exactly. I have the best family as long as one is in Arizona and the other one's in Michigan. Anyway, all right. So I know you're like, oh, you kids. It's exactly what God did in the garden. Not even partly. Exactly. He didn't stop all fellowship, just no garden fellowship till it got straightened out by Jesus who laid it all down. Wait. In a garden. Oh, wait, yeah. And then, wait, in the end of Revelation, there's a garden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, in the middle, in the end. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll take our break now. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I, too, have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. Let me read this thing from Pastor Ray, and then we'll do the trivia question, and then we'll see what happens because I have no idea. This is from Pastor Ray, uh, who passed away, by the way, on January 4th this year, 2022. He's my good friend, and I can't wait to see him up in heaven. This one's titled Joy, Expectation, and Delight. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. This is Pastor Ray's devotional. I often see people go through a spiritual drought. More than once, I have found myself in this dry, dark place where God seems far away and we feel even farther. It's like being the children of Israel, once again wandering in the wilderness, trying to find our way. 
That's when I cling to the belief that we are being strengthened and matured through it all. How we survive the wilderness experience of our lives depends on our attitude towards God's word. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and I get such a kick out of reading it because King David got so excited writing about it of all the things he gets excited about writing about the laws of God. He sang about them. He put statutes of the law to music. He positively exulted in them. In Psalm 119, verse 14, he compared God's testimonies to the riches. In verse 15, he declared, I will meditate on your precepts. In verse 24, he says, your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. David was on to something. He loved God's word, and he knew that the secret to enjoying life, even in the wilderness, was to turn to God's word with joy, expectation, and delight. As children, we struggle to mature under our parents' authority. When we're spiritually born again into the family of God, we become children again, reparented. Oh, what a great line that is. Reparented by our Heavenly Father as we grow toward maturity and learning to trust Him. Allow His Word to light your way, and the wilderness will not seem so daunting. Let His Word guide your feet, and you will never get lost. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, which I forgot to give the trivia answer to the trivia question because we were caught up in the moment. You got to like that thing, though. See, God kicked him out of the garden. He still fellowship with him, but he out. out. <laughs> Just like that. So good. All right. How many books in the Old Testament? The answer is 39 with 27 in the New, thereby making 66 for those who are counting. Just making sure everybody got that on track. Staying in the earliest part of things. Here is your next trivia question. Pretty funny. What animal tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? What animal? It was not the wise owl who was doing the Tootsie Pop commercial. So just uh, in case you were thinking of that, okay? Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. Again, for those who are wondering, it was not a puppet. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at He Must Increase is the email. I uh, have read uh, the other day, I think it was like two or three days ago. Oh, wait, somebody's calling in. So we'll probably give them a chance to do that, to do this first. And then I'm going to read something from our good brother Steve sent uh, a, a joke, and I wanted to read it. Because I don't have to supply all the jokes. You guys can supply the jokes. I mean, I've got a gazillion of them, but I'm just, that's not the point. Uh, so let's answer the trivia question. We'll go from there, and then I'll do the jokes, and we'll go back to the teaching. So let's send the person on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Steven. Ah, I'm holding your joke in my hand. 
All right, so <laughs> that's too funny. So don't say anything about that, okay? You just got to answer the trivia question because I've got it right here in my hand. Uh, okay, back to the trivia question. Uh, what animal tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? Well, it was a very impressive animal that uh, uh, God later told Moses to make a, a to make one. Yep. A statue so the people could worship it, which is a very interesting parallel when you look at who was really crucified on the cross. Excellent, excellent connection. It was a serpent. That is correct, Amanda! <laughs> that is right and rooney. And so it was a serpent, and the, the irony is exactly what you said. Then it became something that people had to look to to, to, to find healing. Which is another whole another ironic thing, which people understand in the medical field. That's why the medical people have the snake on their on their shields for medical people. <laughs> there you go. Kind See of it? funny. That is classic. All right, you're gonna hang up. I want to read your joke. You already know. You know it's funny. I'm already laughing. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job by our brother. All right. Here you go. Here's his joke. I'm holding his joke in my hand, he calls. That's great timing. All right. The Presbyterian Church called a meeting to decide what to do about their squirrel infestation. After much prayer they cons and consideration, they concluded the squirrels were predestined to be there and shouldn't interfere with God's divine will. At the Baptist church, the squirrels had taken an interest in the baptistry, so the deacons met to decide to put a water slide in the baptistry to let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels liked the slide and, unfortunately, knew instinctively how to swim, so twice as many squirrels showed up the following week. The Lutheran church decided that they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures, so they humanly trapped their squirrels and set them free near the Baptist church. Two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. But the Catholic church came up with a very creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church. Now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. Not much was heard from the Jewish synagogue because they took the first squirrel and circumcised them, and they haven't seen any squirrels since. <laughs> How about Tell me, that Jesus! Tell me, Jewish God! Ah! Tell me, Tom Cruise! <laughs> wow, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was... Haven't seen them since. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, not going to the temple. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> oh, come on, man. If you're not laughing at that, there's just something. There's something wrong. I'll probably get a email. Don't make fun of baptism or something. Anyway, uh, okay. So that was that. That was that. Let's get back in the text. Uh, so I'm going to zip over to verse uh, 11, not because it's building upon what we talked about. When I go into the next segment after this, it will be building upon what I talked about. But this is a great little line. Uh, Eliphaz, remember in the text, when you read these things, this is Job and then his three friends. One responds, he responds, one responds, he responds. But in the texts, there are some brilliant statements Divine statements. And the problem for many people is they read Job and they read through it as fast as they can. Slow it down. You never do. In fact, D and I were just talking about this on Friday. You don't have to read the Bible uh, like Speed Racer. 
Okay, there's no, there's nothing. Read as fast as you can. It doesn't exist. Okay, just take your time and read it, and you'll find out there's so many more nuggets or so many great things of truth. So we left it the toxic thing and the and the garden. I just want to bring this up because this is a, just a brilliant, interesting statement. This is still Eliphaz responding to Job, but he says something fascinating. He says in verse 12 of chapter 15, "What has captured your reason? What has weakened your vision that you turn against God?" Now. In truth, Job is expressing what he's going through, and you know the whole sin always passes the same thing. Job justifying himself, not God. That's the strategy. That's the, the struggle that he's having. The friends just assume it's all sin, and they're wrong. So everything they say is going to be wrong. That's going to be built upon that. That's the problem with starting off wrong. Is everything you say thereafter will also be wrong. I mean, it's just you're off just a little bit. You're off completely. But Eliphaz says something that's fascinating, and I want to just bring it up because we're going into the meat or into the text. And he says, what has captured your reasoning? What has captured your reason? What has challenged you? Now, don't forget that Scripture is very clear in, 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 in the passages regarding spiritual warfare and Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, about us fighting uh, a spiritual warfare, not with weapons made of the world, but with God-ordained weapons to bring down or break down strongholds and every high thought that exalts, exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where do you think those strongholds are that you are breaking down? They're in your mind. There's these little fortresses, and I'll give you a great example. It's one of the best illustrations I ever heard. So Satan puts in a lie, and you don't remove it, and so then he adds another brick to it and another brick to it, another brick to it. You don't remove it, and it becomes its own little bunker, and you don't remove it, and then it becomes from a bunker. It goes into a little shack, and then you don't remove it. The whole time he's trespassing, but you didn't remove him, and now he moves it from a shack to a house and from a house to a fortress, and he captures your reasoning in that area. It's just like, man, that's just like, what? And so he does say this. What, what has captured your reason? What has weakened your vision that you turned against God? That's a great, that's a great statement. What has happened in your life that your vision has become weaker? Oh, gotta, you got to get rid, you got to eliminate that. Casting down imagination tearing it down i know some people are like no that's just reasoning of the world no it's not it's right in your brain second corinthians 11 3 says paul says i'm very concerned that you're going to be removed from uh, uh be deceived like eve was in the subtlety of her mind and be removed from the simplicity of christ it's in your left and right ear that a lot of this warfare has taken place if you haven't figured that out yet it's not on your television tube it's on your left and right ear that's where the war is going on, and Satan is trying to bring you and I down. What has weakened your vision that you don't hold the same way you held? What has happened that you've turned a little bit from the Lord? Well, I was really hurt. First of all, you're entitled to nothing, so stop. Second of all, every time God allows something, he does it for a purpose. And third, he has never stopped loving you. So now answer that. And it's like, oh. And I, I don't do that just to you guys. I do it to me. I'm like going, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm in trouble.
I'm in trouble a lot. Have you noticed that on this show? I get in trouble all the time because I do this before the Lord. I'm like, and I prayed today. I said, I can't believe I, I said I imputed this to you. I said, what is wrong with me? Why have I let Satan allow that capture in my mind? What, why have I allowed my own vision to be weakened? Why have I turned from you even so slightly? Please help me. That's what I pray. All right, take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? All right, Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3. This was the first uh, psalm that was read to me when I went to Bible college, the very first class I ever took in Bible college a bazillion years ago. Let me just say that. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their suffering. Here is something to consider that will be just absolutely a mind blower. How should you and I respond if the earth falls out of its rotation? (laughs) Okay, so... So my uh, brother-in-law works for JPL and is actually one of the people that helped write the program that helped land the Mars rover on Mars. He helped write the computer program, okay? He's much smarter than me in those realms, okay? About my age, a little younger, about my age. Very, very intelligent guy, right? And uh, he's the one I always make a joke, you know, what, what, what keeps the Earth, you know, rotating, and so you'll hear me say uh, that it's on a perfect 23-and-a-half-degree, uh, you know, uh, rotation uh, from the moon and from the, the exact rotation from the sun, or it's three mice chasing a piece of cheese and a wheel, <laughs> one of those two. So uh, the idea behind that and that whole story is the Earth is in this absolutely perfect rotation with, all, with uh, the moon and the sun, and without it, the Earth would go through a free fall. Just even a half a degree off, pfft, over it's all over i mean the the the, there'll be instant tidal waves everything would just be upside down and if that ever happened you know you would know that's the end although that's not how the end's going to happen we already know from scripture but here's what the the psalmist is saying it doesn't matter how bad it gets it doesn't matter if your world seems like it's upside down it doesn't matter if it's out of rotation it doesn't matter if the mountains fall into the sea it doesn't doesn't matter if the waters roar God is a refuge, and a refuge is a shelter in a storm. You would first think of a lean-to. That is what a, a shelter in a storm is. So when it's raining, you find a lean-to, you put something on a tree, you put it uh, you know, against something else, and you get under it so you're away from that. And it says that God is a refuge, a strength, an ever-present help, which means he's helpful today, not just when it's all settled in eternity. And there's that lies a problem for some Christians is they keep thinking, well, in the sweet by and by, everything will get worked out. Well, that is true, that everything will be completely worked out in the sweet by and by. But God is an ever-present help, which means for today and not just for tomorrow. And then the position of the psalmist is, therefore, 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 in other words, it's a conclusion. So God is our refuge and strength, okay? So he's our lean-to in a storm. He's our ever-present help. Therefore, I don't have to be afraid. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back. 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, boy, lots, lots, lots going on. Here we go. Ready? Trivia question number three. Actually, it's number four, technically. But it's number three of this hour. Yeah, I split them up. All right. God asked Abraham to make a sacrifice to him on Mount Moriah. What was it? There we go. <laughs> Al getting a pow-pow. Nice work, Al. Uh, 972-445-0770. So Joy and God, it's just, it's just so funny because they come at the same time, but by a quarter second, Joanne got the and Cordelia got the pop out last time. Then Al did the exact same thing the other way around. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Uh, also, you can uh, text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. We send you up to the website at this point. Please don't forget a couple things. Prayer. Requests are on the website. If you got a prayer request, don't hesitate. I'm gonna. I spend a lot of time praying. Might as well. Might as well put your name in there. <laughs> That's all I can say. And then for praise report, which is just a blessing for other people. And then don't forget about the finances. They're a little tight. They're you know we got a couple of gifts is good, but we we you can always tell where it, how it kind of moves in and out. Plus we want to make sure that we're uh, ready for some expansion that we're hoping to see soon, expansion. We'll talk about that maybe next week or the week after. You can give directly on the site or get information on how to give through the website. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Org. One minute, please. Something else was, like, playing, so it was a little weird, so give us one second. I'm going to give you all the seconds you need, Dynamite. You just take your time and tell me when. Okay, now. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org <laughs> All that just for the bounce. Just for the bounce. <laughs> That's all right. All right, we do have to do our uh, history uh, oh, a couple things that I do want to remind people of. Don't forget, in the middle of the month, so the 14th and the 17th, I think those are the dates. That's a 14th is a Friday, and the 17th is a Monday of April. We will be out of town, even though we got two really good replays. We're going out to see September. So um, everybody keep that in mind, blah, 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 blah. Uh, also, is there something else I was going to tell you guys? I think there's something else I was going to tell you, but yeah, it slips my mind. So, oh, I remember I'm radioactive. Shake. Okay, anyway, that's an old joke. Uh, here's our history. Let's do history real quick. Let's go See, see, people don't get that joke that I just did, so I have to explain it because I feel the need. So Steve Martin in his routine would say, I was going to tell you something that was really important. I forgot what it was. He goes, oh, I remember. And then he goes, I'm radioactive. And then he goes, shake. <laughs> <It's> like, shake <laughs> my head. You see, see, that's really quite funny. If you think it was. Not bad. I'll just live in my own little world if that's <laughs> 
The Lord's like, yeah, you're already there. All right, today is National Joe Day. What is that? Uh, it's a chance to change your name, if only for today. You get to change your name to whatever you want to. So, so King Joe. David instead of David. Yeah, I'm not doing that, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know. And then if we were going to do it and there was some real uh, involvement, it would be young Solomon before he went nutty. Uh, okay, today is Quirky Country Music Song Titles. And I happen to know one. My brother uh, has been in the music industry for many years and had a, a similar uh, connection to the gentleman who wrote the song, The Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich Anymore. Interesting. <laughs> That's very funny. And then today is No Homework Day, which would have been great a year ago, but now I don't have homework, so it doesn't matter. 1794, the United States Navy was founded. Uh, 1860, the corkscrew was patented. Probably didn't see that coming. 1914 on this day, the first successful blood transfusion. And then 1971, Funky Winker Bean, the comic strip, uh, started in 1971 on this day. Okay. <laughs> You're just looking at me like... Yeah, that one was okay. <laughs> I, was, I thought we were going to have some food or something, but that didn't. Nah, no, nah, not all food. See, I'm trying to be on a diet, and that's really not what it is. But yeah. <laughs> but I haven't... I've been on my diet for, th- for three weeks now. I've been You're very hard, successful. Too. I'm working... Really hard, so that my doctor doesn't go, listen here, fatty. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to stop saying that to me. <laughs> All right, back to the text. Leave me alone. I'm having a good time. All right, so uh, I want to say this. I, I've got to go into the text, but I, I, I really do need to address this thing about uh, toxic relationships. I do want to talk about this, okay? Not because I'm trying to tell you guys how to live your life. So everybody who's thinking that, stop that, okay? I'm not. I'm just giving you encouragement from some things that have happened to me, with me, through me. And I see this in Scripture, and I look at this exchange. And, I, and as I study the book of Job, I think chapter 15 is the, is the disintegration between Job and his friends. When, when LFS starts calling him names, I see that as the moment where it goes up. Now, now, we're, now we're going deep off the rails, okay? Because he, he, you know, they're kind of indirectly insulting each other. Right. And, and if you look, you know, like look at verse 15, he just straight out calls him a windbag. He says, Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. And then you go uh, pick it back up in verse 14 and it says, Can a man be pure? Can a human be just? Why, God doesn't even trust the angels, which, by the way, there's a sense of truth there because uh, the, there's a lot of angels that rebelled, as we understand. Even the heavens cannot be absolutely pure in his sight compared to him. That's true because he is the purest. So there's no problem with any of that. How much less pure is the corrupt and sinful person with a thirst for wickedness. This is a problem because he's saying that about Job. Okay, Job is not thirsting to do wrong. So can, can we at least, there has to be something in, in, in the Christian realm where if somebody disagrees with you theology theologically, that does not make them evil. But that, again, is not what we're talking about. He does say something brilliant in verse 17. If you will listen, I will answer you from my own experience, and it's confirmed by the experience of wise men who have heard the same thing from their fathers. This flies directly in the face of the preachers who say you can't really use experience. Really? You're wrong. That's not even true. It says to the law and to the testimony. Your experience counts. Your experience that you go through counts. You sharing your experience counts because it's real. I mean, you're not making it up if you're sharing your experience. I talked to my mom. I've told you this before. I'll tell you again. I talked to my mom one time I was involved in a deliverance situation. I told my mom about it. Of all the stuff I've ever told my mom in my entire life, 
She found the information that I shared about a deliverance the most fascinating and, and the most interesting and the most, uh, I, not appealing, but it kind of really got her brain thinking. That was the experience. I couldn't pull a verse out other than say, you know, that we have authority over demonic spirits. I mean, I could do that. She's not going to understand that. She was more interested in what happened and what happened to her son. And I shared it. Just like the guy who had all the evil spirits and Jesus cast them out and he went around and he did Bible studies. Oh, no, wait, that's not what it says. He went out and he told everybody what God did for him. And the people were amazed. Okay? So that's kind of like all in this. But there comes this point, and Job's going to respond. He's going to give a final response to Eliphaz in a little bit. But there comes this point where you gotta you got to know when to stop. And this is not on the person. This is on you. Okay? And I'm going to be nice about it because he spends the rest of this time still attacking. And I, what I want to do is illustrate that Jesus responded at various times. But in Pilate, with Pilate and Herod, Jesus responded to a couple things. When, when Jesus goes, you know, if my world was of this kingdom, he responded to that. But he didn't respond to other things. You don't have to give an answer to everything that's asked or poised at you. You are an, under no obligation to give everybody a response, especially when people are just looking to rip you to shreds with whatever you reply. It's like so stupid. Do you know that scripture Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine? Well, it does apply. And if somebody's just looking to tear you apart, this is why I have a hard time. Like this is, this is going to be a social, social, a social statement. Okay, this is not a uh, a socialism statement. It's not a political statement. I have had an argument with Salem and with many other people. I find it exceedingly irritating that people. Now, this is just personal. Right, so I so I try not to do it anymore. But 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 people who hate other people quote them whenever they say something right, so as to justify. And it's like I, I swear the last ten things you said about the person was he's dumb, he's stupid, he's 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 ignorant, he's this this this. But he says one thing that you agree with, and then you're using that as your authority. It's like I just find that to be like hypocritical. <laughs> so uh, and so I, I I often have made that comment to uh, various. Special. My point in saying it is this. That's enough. Stop. You don't have to always give a reply. You don't always have to answer somebody. You don't always have to give a response. Stop. There is a time. I'm going to go on a limb. Uh, there's a time for silence. I'm pretty sure it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time to say, no, I'm done. I don't want to have to do this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I, and I, not I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm concerned that we feel an obligation because we always feel like we need to be right to always be right. No, you don't. Any smart husband or wife knows you do not always need to be right. They know you need to listen, but you don't always need to win. Because only God is right every time. And if you think you're right every time, you've got way too much pride. Only God is right every time. So instead of trying to justify or do any of that, sometimes you just 
don't say anything. Forty times between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus did not give the reply that people were looking for. Just like, nope, nope. There was just a time to say nothing. Because sometimes the reply is just the response to being egged on. Don't do that. You're much more mature than that. Act that way. Don't let the engagement with people disintegrate into what this did. That's another reason it's in the book. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. The David Spoon Experience. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my bro? I'm doing good. I'm uh, under a tree in the shade and eating um, chicken and dumplings. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> good for you. You just That's how you're in the shade eating chicken and dumplings. I like it. All right. I gave this I gave this clue, and I think some people might have not quite caught it, so I'm hoping you did. Which king said, mm-hmm. as I was lying in my bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me? Uh, are you looking for a Nebuchadnezzar? That is correct, sir! Yes, sir! Remember, now the reason that I gave the moo sound is because he mm-hmm. was driven and he ate with the cattle, and so I just gave the moo. <laughs> yeah, I that yeah. yeah, that was quite an experience for the man to be a king and then have to eat and be like a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, God's got to humble us sometimes, and we just got to accept it, you know. That's exactly right. You know, you think about that guy, and you think he that guy, he would have been, and even Daniel warned him, he would have been fine, except he walked out on that, he walked out on his foray, and he goes, I have built all this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was a dumb thing to say right there. That that was it. You and Elsie the cow, that's what happened right there. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. No, I'll tell you. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, life is uh, full of surprises, but... One thing you cannot do is be haughty in the in the presence of the Lord. I know that. Amen, <laughs> so, brother. Man. All right, well, it was good to talk to you. I, I encourage Gabriel to continue to rise to his profession. It'll be good. Yep, you got it. And we'll work it all, all together. Right. And we'll help him get there. Right. Well, all right. Look, all right, brother. We'll love, love you in the Lord, Lord. bro. Yeah, right. we love you too. Thanks for praying for me. Appreciate that. You got it.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I think for only the fifth time in four years, literally, <laughs> I forgot to give the Trinity the answer again. Again. I, you, know, you get caught up sometimes in the teaching. It does happen. And you're just like, you think that's why your pastor, like, you know, maybe he goes past the, the time he's supposed to uh, go past. The only thing that people complain about is, well, could he have gotten that excited earlier on, the first 15, 20 minutes? Anyway, uh, so back to, back to the, back to the uh, question. What uh, God asked Abraham to, to make a sacrifice to him on Mount Moriah. What was it? It was his son Isaac, as we talked about before, not just his firstborn, but also the very promise of God. He asked him to lay it on the altar. Here is the last, and hopefully we will remember this, uh, to give an answer if somebody doesn't call in. But on what day did God create man? What day did God create man? Okay. Think, oh, those are easy ones. Yeah? Well, you'd be amazed. 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, david, at he must org. So the question is, um, what day did God create man? Now, what's really fascinating is I'm doing it's so weird. So I just want to share with you guys. I'm In my devotions, I'm doing Genesis... And Revelation. So I'm doing Genesis one day, Revelation the next day. Genesis one day, Revelation the next day. It's quite fascinating. It's like, wow, I just can't believe. That's pretty different. Yeah, right? It's kind of a, you know, I never, I just, I follow. It's just easier uh, to follow. All right, so that's the trivia question. So here's the last thing I'm going to talk about. I'm not even going to teach this last bit about Job because it's super important to understand what I'm talking about on this toxic relationship element. So. There is something inside uh, many Christians that is fantastic. It's the Holy Spirit moving in us, making us more Christ-like. When somebody is in the church and they're weeping, we're weeping. When somebody is rejoicing, we're rejoicing. When we love people who are a part of the body, we, we the Scripture says that you can know you've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. In other words, we love, you love people, so you love that, it, that it's going great. But we've been talking about things that get— um, tough in relationship. In a family, I believe family requires you know a l- little more concentrated effort. But if you go to ch- if you're going to church, okay, and you go to church and you've got like kind of like somebody that you kind of like have a hard time with, you know what I'm saying? You've got to be a- aware that you should never be you should never be rude. You should never be mean. That's not of it. But you don't you don't also let the enemy you know, enter, give you thoughts that are like that person's like this or this person's this bad or this person's this. It's like you got to stop all that stuff. I mean, love requires us to keep no record of wrongs and love requires us to love and to hope and to believe, okay? Now, having said that, I've got to say this because just before we get to Job's final speech, which will be next Monday, okay, and his final speech goes for, you know, it's it's 60, it's it's a long it's, it's his final speech to, to Eliphaz, I should say. It's a, it's a, you know, he's, he's got something to say. 
The problem that I see for Christians sometimes is when you go to church is what goes on that the enemy tries to do inside a church. So let me just read this to you, and you just deal with this and tell me if it applies. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. But if it does, you need to take heed. This is coming out of John 21, but it's directly related to this breakdown that, that Job and his three friends are having. John 21, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, do you love Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said once more, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Now watch this then, the 17, verse 18. Jesus said, feed my sheep. The truth is when you were young, you, will be able, you were able to do as you liked and to go wherever you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will direct you and take you where you don't want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would die to glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who amongst us will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. I want to stop right there because too many Christians want God to respond to other Christians on their behalf. You want God to go, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. Stop that. It's sin. Jesus is the Lord. Your observation and my observation does not qualify for God to respond to us regarding somebody else. In other words, when we go, well, what about that person? What about them? They're getting away with this. Or they did this and nothing bad's happened to them. And this is this and this is this. Jesus' only response to Peter, which, which was misunderstood, by the way, which doesn't surprise anybody, is, what is that to you? You follow me. Well, I know, Lord, but it's not fair because these other people. It's like, what is that to you? You follow me. Remember the parable Jesus gave about people that, w that went out to the field, the people that went out for 11 hours and 10 hours and 9 hours and 6 hours and 3 hours? Everybody got paid the same. The people out there the longest complained. The parable is about them. That's what are you talking about? You agreed to go for that. That's your prerogative kind of mentality. It's like people want other people to have a, you know, they ought to get their just desserts or I can't wait till this. That's the worst spirit ever for a Christian. We need to have the, Lord, I just want to follow you. you bless everybody else. Just bless them, be with them, watch over them, protect them, keep them safe. You know, if you're supposed to pray for your enemies, how much more is that true for brothers and sisters you have a hard time with? They're not your enemies, are they? 
oh, no, I, I really don't like this person. It's not Satan. I mean, get a grip. Right? You think, well, th that's kind of mean. Yeah, I suppose that is. <laughs> so I'm not disagreeing with you. But the point is, we are supposed to follow the Lord, not be overly concerned about what, what about what's going to happen to them or what's the result of that. You know what? Make sure you keep the people that support you close to you. Make sure you're praying for everybody. Love on everybody the best you can. Make sure you've got your, your, your right circle together. And be a blessing to everybody. Don't be a pain in the tush. How about that? Nobody who's a pain in the tush makes a good Christian. Okay? Sorry. On what day did God create man? The sixth day. The sixth day. What day? The sixth day. All right? In fact, you don't even find out about the Sabbath until the chapter 2, which is an entirely different thing, but we'll get into that some other time. So all I was teaching today had a lot of practical application. Use some of it. If you don't like it, reject it. Don't use it. But if it helps you be a better Christian, a better follower of Christ, by all means, use every ounce of it. Okay? All right. All right, folks, uh, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.